Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bullard. I'm also known as Space Wolf. My co-host Willie and I want to mention this episode is the second half of a two-part conversation with Ella Nilsson Lassiter, also known as Alpha Dick. So if you didn't hear the first part, it would be helpful to go back and listen to our last episode before continuing this one. Well, so speaking of finding your roots, I watched the one last night with Christopher Walken, and he's like, people always say I have this cadence in my voice. He does. And I think it's because I grew up with immigrants in America. But he was saying, like, everywhere he, he lived in New York City and everybody was an immigrant. There was right. Germans, there was Polish people, there was Italians, there was Irish. Like, everybody had an accent. And, and that pause. And, and that so, cadence. yeah, so that's where... I had heard a rumor that, so he's a classically trained dancer, and I had heard a rumor that he had, he reads his lines in terms of an eight count, and that's why he has this funny, which I like that story way better than the one he told, but he's so old now, maybe he forgot he told the better story years earlier, and now he's putting up this, you know, the immigrants in New York. Welcome to 40 Out the original competitive skee-ball podcast. Join us as we explore what it takes to become a legend of the lane. Welcome back and thanks for joining us for the second part of our talk with Ella. We're going to jump right back into that conversation now. Have you seen Harpy Eagle videos? No, I don't know what that is. You you've said words at me. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, it's mean. just a type of eagle. Like live up in the mountains and harpy? like harpy. Harpy, yeah. They will swoop down and grab like mountain goats by the legs, fly up and just drop them to kill them. Like that's how they, you know, by the find legs? prey. Yeah, or just how are they or snatch them up? Oh. Yeah, and they'll just drop them over like huge drop, and then just go down and you know feast. They're massive. Yeah. Obviously powerful and strong, but there are YouTube videos out there, so. <laughs> Is this on, like, goatmurders.gov, or? No, just a regular YouTube. Oh, okay. Murder tube. <laughs> no, this isn't Faces of Death. <laughs> oh, lived, that's I old li- school. I lived through that in high school yeah. once already. I mean, it was painful. Was that a thing that you? Some of that shit still keeps me up at night. Just thinking back, back like, back Yes, like, some of that stuff, I mean, that was, like, scarring. But again, it was, like. I saw a shirt once that said, like, New Jersey, only the strong survive. And I feel like that's pretty accurate. Like, the, <laughs> the rest of us are just sentenced there forever. Like, the, some of us escape. Yeah. And that's... I mean, it's been 15 years since you left. I mean, I believe I said it was 17. 17. Oh, 17. Said 17. <laughs> you did say 15 to... Yeah. We earlier. both said 15? Yeah, no. You, yeah, you... I said 15 since you had that other job that you said... I knew you said 17. We said 17. we weren't talking about the jobs because I signed the waiver. I don't mm. know. What to... <laughs> you yeah. made a promise. That's right. A pact. No, I knew you said 17 and I, I knew he misquoted you as soon as he said it back to you. Yeah. Okay. We Fair don't even enough. need a guy in the van with the stats. We got Willie over here to right. tell us. I was going to ask when you moved to Austin. I moved to Austin in 07. So I've been here for 12 years. Um, and then I left New Jersey in 04 um, just because I moved to Arizona. I didn't want to shovel snow anymore. And at the time, it was very affordable to live there. And New Jersey was just super expensive to get nowhere. So that's why I picked Arizona. Hmm. And then I was like, eh, nothing's native here. Nothing's meant to live here. 
There's like cacti and rocks. And I was like, you know, I really miss trees. And I did accept a job here, sight unseen. Like I, I said I was moving to Austin without ever having been here before. Oh, wow. I was pretty miserable. And I figured. You could only get better. Or if you're miserable, at least change the backdrop. Yeah, at least make it look different. <laughs> right. You know, so, for I a mean, little while. Yeah, I mean, like shot or stab, like pick a different kind of misery for a bit. Um, but no, I mean, it's once I moved here, I felt like this is I felt like I should have been here my whole life. Nice. Like uh, people are super sincere. And I think that was what was missing other places. Like even just if you were out to eat and the waitress was like, enjoy your meal. Like I felt like it wasn't hyperbole. I felt like she sincerely meant it or waiter or server or whatever shit i used to Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's it that's it now you guys know i'm a horrible person (laughs) one thing we did in that kind of intro episode was talk about our earliest ski ball memories Uh what what is growing up in jersey what's your earliest ski ball memory um i would say hands down it was um all this, like, I thought I was a badass. I was definitely a kid, um, probably like 10 or 12, playing skee-ball. And I was like, yes, all these tickets are coming out. And then you go to cash them in. And I, I still have it, but it was an ADAT magnet, ATAT, all-terrain attack transport, I believe, from... Uh, almost. You're almost there. It's not all-terrain attack, attack transport? It's armored, it? armored transport, all all-terrain armored transport. So just because you got that other <laughs> fact check right about the 15 and 17 years, the competitive person in me does want to call a challenge, but... Um, I mean, I'll look it up. Yeah, please, We have please you know, do. tiny computers right here. Yeah. Um, but but um, it was an, a week of playing skee-ball got me a no larger than three and a half inch by three and a half inch AT-AT magnet. And I still have it on my fridge. So I Really? Mean, yeah, so I mean, at least I feel like a, a sense of accomplishment in that. But a lot of it is like, you know, you play for weeks and you're like, cool, a spider ring and a Jolly Rancher. So you're going to show it to me mm, to yummy. make me like, is this like when your dog takes a dump on the floor <laughs> and you put their face in it to be like, hey, kid, I'm going to make you read this because I'm I mean, not. If I mean, if I read it yeah, out loud. Yeah, I see it. It says all-terrain armored transport, and that's fine. Okay. There's also an ATST. Yeah. Right. That was on uh, the forest moon of Endor, I believe. <laughs> so, yeah. what does that S stand for then? Uh, do you know? Scout. scout. Is it? It mm-hmm. is Scout. Oh. Is that because it's also Scout Troopers? Yeah, it's like a single. But those Scout Troopers, because, you know, there's Storm yeah, yeah. Troopers, Sand Troopers, Snow Troopers, different helmets, Scout Troopers. Didn't they also remind you of the Scream mask? Like yeah, their, sure, their yeah. little mouse hole mouth was a little too <laughs> yeah. screamish, yeah. if you will. When did that even come out? Because I feel like I wasn't quite old enough to go to a rated R movie, but I was probably only like a year. I mean, I'm not Le Bon old by any stretch of the imagination. Well, yeah, you're not But 70. I mean, I'm probably, right. Yeah. <laughs> that was... Uh, I would guess 99. No. I think it was you think earlier, earlier than, than that? that. I think it was like... like 96. 96, I would say. Up. I think it's probably like 96. Since you have that tiny I, computer over there. I, I remember because... Willie's pretty good at this, by the way. My friend... Uh, I, I always overshoot it, and he always like gets very close to the actual dates. I Again, I only know because I wasn't... What's R? 17? I knew I wasn't 17 yet, mm-hmm. but I was real close. It was R. Yeah. It was definitely well, R. Well, I remember being with a friend of mine who I met in junior high, and uh, he he was like 
a brand new friend just moved from California. I didn't really know a lot about him, but we ended up at that movie somehow. And we were too little to be there. Right. And we didn't have a parent with us or anything. Or a guardian. But, yeah, or a guardian. And I remember <laughs> at the very end, there's the like, there. Wait, is that the other one? Spoiler alert. In, in, yeah. <laughs> in which one have they like made a movie? of it that's in scream right yeah they're, they're yeah like they're they're talking about all the things that are like stereotypical in other horror flicks like why are you running upstairs like this is how like you should be going downstairs right oh i think so i'm just oh. shaking my head at the whole idea or, or am i thinking of angels a... in the outfield which is <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> or am i thinking about the second one where they're like they already made a film of anything it, about scary and movie no <laughs> they've already they've already made a film of it and at the very end the guy who is nev campbell's not nev campbell but nev campbell's boyfriend in the film on tv that they're watching mm. uh he says something like in response to his her mom dying he says something like that's the way the cookie crumbles and it's so ridiculous it's not it's not appropriate at all in this moment <laughs> and my friend chris just bust out laughing in this like in a pretty like quiet at theater, the cinema at the at the theater just like laughing out loud for a solid two minutes <laughs> while i don't know why it got him so much but mm-hmm. i remember him just laughing for like two minutes and everyone's just looking at us like are you <laughs> did serious? you also right. laugh because he was laughing so hard <laughs> at some point yeah i did and then did like an usher come over with like his arms folded and <laughs> look at you too scornfully to be like come on kids you no, it wasn't alamo draft house so they didn't oh. they didn't give a shit Scream was 1996. Yeah, that oh, would yeah, make so sense. Fucking nailed it. 16, yeah. Hmm. December 20th, 1996. It was a nice, um, a nice Christmas gift. So it is a Christmas movie, just like the Die Hards. <laughs> yeah. Just in case anybody had any confusion about that, clear it up for them. I have a completely unrelated question. It's about that piece. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you come up with that scene? Actually, what did, what did Meg say when she reached out to you? She said that you liked um, him. That was it? And then you just ran with it? Um, I, I definitely had sent her, like, I asked her, like, if you had a favorite um, era of mm-hmm. Bruce Lee. And she had said, okay, he likes this and this and this. And then I went and tried to find, like, obviously being a, um, not obviously, being, tr- striving for realism in my work, it's always better when you have a reference image. Mm-hmm. So shit in shit out if you have a terrible reference image chances are your outcome isn't going to be very good so i tried to find good resolution images that would give me enough detail to work off of to be able to render it in the way i wanted to and i kind of sent her some options and then she picked and then i went from there oh cool so yeah that was it was a collaborative effort nice yeah something you said reminded me of a question that i immediately forgot I don't, I don't know what that was. Um, actually, it's called an all-terrain attack transport. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Okay, so just to circle back around to uh, Empire Strikes Back for a moment, the laziest fucking line in that movie is when, they, when they're getting the tow cables and they're going to go circle around to take down the AT-ATs, right? And so he goes, detach cable. And then he goes, cable, detach. It was just so pointless to me every time i watch it i get a little bit angrier and angrier just with like all those the saltiness of my years Mm -hmm. and i'm like that's such a bullshit line nobody could come up with anything better than that george lucas no one yeah yeah (laughs) 
40 is not affiliated with Disney or Disney related products. <laughs> yeah. right? All accounts in disseminate must be disseminated before. I don't know. We talked about doing the disclaimers, but speeding <laughs> them up, like speeding them up at the end, like like radio. Get the micro machines guy. I'm sure he's not up to anything. I bet, dude, I think we can do it if we practiced. I'm sure. Like we can get it down. I think it would be tough. Yeah. No. Just yeah. speed it up. Make your life easy. Say it yeah. at a normal clip and then. Well, that's why, that's why we even do this, man. It's about, I bet I can do this. Like, <laughs> how long is it going to take us to get this down? It'll be like five hours later. But yeah, it could, it could literally be same day. But see, like, so as a team, because you guys play as a team, I'm going to turn sure. the tables yeah. on you and, mm-hmm. and be the. Uh... So as a team, do you guys, uh, do you guys get competitive with one another? Because I know like Doozles and I. God bless Rachel. She's off in a lonely island in this competition. But Doozles and I will get competitive with one another where we just want to score higher than the other. And it becomes like this escalating chase. So as teammates, do you guys have this with one another that you want to beat the other score? Or if you roll something and he's like, oh, man, I totally beat that. Or like, I got I to gotta beat you. Or you're two points ahead of me. I just need to make up that two points this frame to be able to. Do you do that with one another? Or. It's definitely there. Are you guys just like all hugs and? No, no, Lebon. Oh man, it's all <laughs> not Lebon. Fucking... I figured Lebon was like the. Oh, it's all shit talk with him. Well, so the funny thing about Lebon, and I don't know if you guys know this, but when I did the drawings for you guys when you were Ski I Joe's, mm-hmm. yeah, um, he had talked about like I'm gonna get them framed and this and that because it was a surprise to you, like you didn't know that these were coming, right? But then. I had said to him, like, did you give them to him yet? And he's like, they haven't earned it yet. Dude, this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he told Classic me. Classic LeBond. He, he told has me the originals, that, right? Yeah. He, yeah. He, so he, you he guys told still, me at some point. You guys still haven't gotten them. No. I haven't even seen the original. No, I haven't seen the original other than like a, I have a photo of it somewhere from my, that's mm-hmm. it. from your Instagram. Yeah. Like, but that's, that's it. This, he, I know oh. where this motherfucker sleeps. I <laughs> I know he, <laughs> yeah. I knew he had them because he told me the same yeah, he told thing us. in general that like, we would get them whenever we like, you know, earn them. He he did say that phrase to me mm-hmm. at some point. So this just explains more about like his stern father syndrome because obviously that's what he got. Like if you played right. Cats in the Cradle and like offered to have a catch with him, would he just like break? You haven't <laughs> seen Field of Dreams. <laughs> but I mean, don't you think you can kind of get him on the heartstring angle if you did that kind of shit? Like reverse psychology, the like more LeBond than yeah. You know what I mean? Like like be more LeBond than LeBond? Yeah, but there's like a I mean, he's a kid now, so we can easily leverage that against him. Yeah, I know, but apparently, you know, there's lines now that you can't that used to be okay to cross and you can't I'm gonna tell your daughter you said that and then he's like, Whoa, 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 pump the brakes and I'm like, Well Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the group me, I'm sure. I'm willing to find out where that line actually is. Well, Generally speaking, I like to find where the line is and then make one more joke. Yeah. Like, I feel like that that's just like a good yeah, let's rule. Let's confirm right, yeah, like, where the line know, is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think he he didn't even fire a warning shot. He unloaded a clip. So, you know, <laughs> I try and fire a warning shot, you know, because I bet the next joke's going to be really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, to answer your question, I think there <laughs> I think there are moments of that competitiveness between the two of us, for sure. I don't. When we were rolling really well, there wasn't competitiveness in the sense that, like, I need to outroll Joey or I want, 
or Joey trying to outroll me, or maybe he was and I didn't know. Like, I didn't give a shit. I just wanted us to do well. Right. And we were all, like, when we were rolling, like, you know, 360 averages, 370 averages, like, at the did top. That, did that actually ever happen, though? Just, yeah, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's get the stack guys in the van to confirm. Yeah, if you go back to season 21, 22, and 23, like, we yeah. rolled, like, 1,200-point games. Yeah. And it was when Willie and I were both rolling hybrid, and Joe was rolling a middle game that was 40s and 50s, but he was rolling, like, 380s. Yeah. Oh, damn. Like, it was fucking insane. Yeah. And that's when we won two mugs, but... Like, I think what Willie was getting to is that we were competitive with each other, but it was never destructive. Like, we never pushed it so far that we made, like, mental mistakes. And the only reason we won our two mugs was that we had absolutely no ego, no individual ego in the games. And it was like, we were, I rolled down the middle a lot in that, to win the first mug. And Joe, uh, Willie was going off the fucking chain. You know, which is why hybrid rolling even exists in Austin right, right now. And Joe was just like solid. So I was like, I'll roll my fucking 320 and we're going to win a fucking mug. Right. And then we won one. So then I was just like, okay, the chain is off. And then me and Willie just like blew up the hundo pocket. How much do you think of that was lane choice in like, did you guys get the lane choice on that? Like, did you have a lane where you're like, oh God, if I'm on this lane, I'm not going to be able to roll hybrid. Me, Definitely. And that first one, uh, yeah, it was there was lane choice. The short answer is yes. But I was comfortable on one, two, and three at that point. It could have been any of those, and I would have gone nuts on that one at, at that time because I had just been practicing so much on those three lanes, and I knew that what I needed to do. In the second one, we definitely took advantage of lane choice. Right. We knew, like, we were just going to fucking win. We wanted to win a second one, and we knew we were going to always pick lane two at that point. Like, And we did. Take note, Austin Rollers. <laughs> Do not rule against... What's your team now? NASA? NASA, NASA. yeah. Um, on lane two. Yeah, we, well, we just rolled lane two. Ago. Yeah, we rolled lane two, and you know we had the advantage as a number one seed, you know, finishing first and then having every choice. Uh-huh. You know, as the number one seed and finishing first and having the <laughs> well, choice. No, the, sh- the humbly, sh- of course. <laughs> no, the shitty part about <laughs> that was like seeds. what we were talking about. It's like we we were number one seed for six or seven seasons. It was four before we even won a month. Yeah, we yeah it was. We kept losing four or five, and we couldn't close. Like we just couldn't finish. Is that my fault? One the of first those one. was yeah. <laughs> the first one, at least one of those was, and I think there might have been another one. Yep. Uh, one we <laughs> lost to to Barbara and Shannon and yes. and Floater Skeagle Matter, yeah, yeah. And then they won the whole thing. We lost two in a row to high voltage, right? I think I think we were probably that was, in that same boat. But that was after, like that was after, yeah, that's way after. The, like, but yeah, the first four seasons we were together, we were number one seed, but we just couldn't fucking finish in the playoffs. Uh, so yeah, that sucked. And so when we got the first one, we were like, we're going to win another one and we're going to do it on, on lane two. And that's the only time we ever rolled a 1200 point game. I think Dang. was during that tournament. Yeah. It was a monster game. Yeah. Who'd you play against in that game? Mursky. Uh, that was, no, the... no, no, no. It was a uh, full circle jerks. Yeah. Wait, that no, was, that was not the, the 12, final. that wasn't the finals. It was right. the semifinals. And I don't remember who we played in that one. We knew that Full Circle Jerks had put up a 1,200-point game earlier in the season or something, and we're like, well, we have to do that, too, because right. we yeah. can't 
you want to make sure you can compete yeah yeah and so yeah we did in like the third game i think in the playoffs or fourth yeah and game. we averaged i think in the postseason it was like over an 1100 point average in the postseason like well, across the whole tournament but that was lane that was for sure right Again. right we also because of that season after that i believe there was a very serious effort to keep us off of certain lanes period in terms of scheduling and where the matches were going to be started so that was like it yeah. all came back to us in the end. By the powers that be or by your opponents or both? No, by the people pa- that assign matches. Mm. Yeah. And that was, I mean, it was well known. Like, it was said mm-hmm. out loud. It was like, verbalized. It was that, like, people were joking about it and shit. But it was also verbalized that, like, oh, for, for this season, we're not going to let people play on lane, any lane more than twice. Right. Like, you have to Oh, move. okay. I remember that. So it was, yeah. like, leading right into that. But I, I feel like, because um, I, I remember that decree. and. I can agree with it, right? Like, right. but I think you're you're only as good as your weakest lane. So mm-hmm. I I think that forcing you to plan your lane that isn't your preference also makes you a better roller. Sure. So I mean, it's 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 a balance, right? You have your favorites, but then also push yourself and and improve and and go on the lane fives of the world. To- yeah, what worked for us is that. We all had weak lanes, but they were different weak lanes. Right, and that's that's the same thing with us. Like some nights, I know that I'll have a lane preference and I'll get outvoted. And when we get on those other lanes, like it may be like, okay, I know I know I need to roll down the middle on this lane, but Willie, you have Hundos on this lane, so you're going to be the Hundo roller or the hybrid roller tonight. And then the two of us are going to, you know, we're going to defer to rolling a forty game. And I think what's what's great about um, the level of detail of stats that we have now in the league is that if we're playing against a team in playoffs or championships that wasn't on our night, we can go back and look at the historical data and be like, oh, well, they really shit the bed on lane six. So <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. go ahead and pick lane six for us to roll on. And it could have been an anomaly. Like nobody knows the conditions of that night. I feel like everybody kind of elevates their game for championships mm-hmm. or for playoffs. But I mean, it, it gives you enough of a starting point to be like okay well this was they were under 900 on this or they were right you know yeah we consider those things too i think we our teams have more often we've chosen the let's choose a lane that we know we can dominate on versus trying to be too strategic and put our opponent on a lane on a lane that they're bad on right like i think we've used the former Unless it happens to be that a lane that you like is someone else's weakness. Right. Which is also why, like, if you know there's a popular lane, I mean, in lane three, there's no secret. It's been kind of a a favorable lane. So why not pick another lane to practice on? Because you Mm -hmm. know that one's like butter. And and that way you can improve your game on a different lane and also put yourself in a position where it's like, oh, well, this is like my home turf whenever I'm rolling against someone else that maybe doesn't like this lane for whatever reason because they've just been practicing on three all skis and mm-hmm. practice on other lanes than three is the moral of the story yeah <laughs> more yeah. or less yeah i guess sometimes we choose lanes that we specifically kill hundos for a very particular person right you know or we're really making the decision to like minimize their offense every now and then yeah i mean i think it's i think it's conditionally i think it's especially to um, depending on how your team feels, I, I would imagine you guys are too, except for LeBron because he's like an ice sculpture and doesn't have feelings. But, you know, I think 
it, it's good to check in with each other and be like, how you feeling tonight? How you feeling about this lane? How you feeling about hybrid? How you feeling about yeah. your 50 game? How you feeling about, you know, just to kind of get a gauge on, on where things are. Um, and oftentimes I trust my teammates over my own decision because I feel like my ego sometimes will be like, yeah, yeah, I got this. I can do this. And maybe they're like, well, you don't need to. Like, let's wait until we get there. Or they'll have a more accurate gauge. And I'm fortunate enough to have seasons of trust built on that where they often know better than I do. And then what's nice for me is I don't have to think. I can just turn around and be like, what's the math? What should I roll? Do do two fifties and a 40. Okay, great. And then it's easy to know what your number is when they tell you what your number is. We do that all the fucking time. But you guys do your math in your own head. We don't, don't do you? the turnaround I do as the turnarounds. Much, but we do that all the fucking time. Like, hey, how was your practice? Like, how was your practice on two? Like, what? how are you feeling? Like, what were you doing, you know, before now? I, I realize there's another answer to your question about the competitiveness between mm-hmm. the two of us. I think it shows up more actually lately in in the other league that we're rolling in right now. Oh, there's mm-hmm. another. Yeah. I didn't know about this. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we're... Are you infiltrating? <laughs> we well, we knew we were. Are doing you mic'd when you're in the other? Not league? in a malicious way. <laughs> yeah, we've had. We're like, no, speaking to the flower on my shirt. <laughs> the idea for this podcast started like back in November of 2017. I mean, even before in in Joey's head, probably, but that's when we decided that we were going to do this. And part of that was getting people into the world of ski ball. And, and we don't really care where like we right. like brewski ball but like we we like playing ski ball we like the competitive aspects we like the social aspects and we knew that we needed to to spread out and see other things and be able to make comparisons and bring more people into brewski ball if that's something that happens right right like, and uh yeah so that's what we started and we've we played a full season already and now we're in week five or something it's like week seven is it week seven yeah. shit and they have they have eight weeks just like brewski ball and it's it's austin ski ball league which is kind of spawned out of brewski ball mm. like so you, whether are there ex austin rollers ex austin rollers that started it oh yeah like back that? in the day like a even, long time ago but way um, before they were before any of us were in the league i was in skis and three so, i'm I mean, sure i know you them. might know right. them i don't i don't know their names who i can't they? remember we don't even know who they are <laughs> i don't know who they are like, it's not false the same news this is false news <laughs> you guys are giving me right now well we know that the guy who runs it now is not them we know that yeah. it's not the same guy that it got handed off because they like i you know i think they saw what was happening and they realized they could make money right and so they were like let's get some lanes and put them in a bar and we'll see how that goes and they did that, and they ripped off the score sheets, sort of, and they, like, did. The, if you ask Coop about it, like, he'll be pissed, and he's like not happy with us for rolling. No, I know, but other... but but who? I, I Actually, just want to know who because I probably I, know them. LeBon, we don't even know them. LeBron can tell you. He knows the he real knows. story. Like LeBon he was can tell a you the part. Whole story. He was a part of the group that went. He joined them immediately and played in both. Yeah, Coop yeah. was real pissed at him for a long time. So what? I'm gonna have to get up at six a.m. and meet him <laughs> at fucking Super Salad yeah. <laughs> for his special to be able to hear this story because he's gonna be in bed by like two p.m. I have it on. I have it on tape. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't remember all the details, but oh, you I don't do even. Have, that was part of that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think this is clickbait. That's what you're doing to me right now. This is clickbait. I don't think people who roll there now even know that it used to be a part of, or that that it got started by people who left. You're just making this story even more and more satiating (laughs) with every detail that you don't give away. So, oh, I bet. So yeah, we've we have been we rolled there, 
uh, me, Joey, and Darby mm-hmm. uh, went and played there. You know Darby, right? Yeah. What am I, new? <laughs> yeah, I've been here since season three, motherfucker. I've been rolling at Darby's sister's house. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You just saw him this fucking past weekend, too. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we went over there and won their uh, their trophy. Yeah, the, just smashed it on the ground to bits It's and no, take it's, a piss it, on it. It'll be hard. It's a little foam ball. That, that, that's it, a trophy? It, a foam ball? What is this, it, fucking Chuck E. Cheese shit? It's supposed to be the golden ski ball, and it's like a little foam, foam ball painted gold. How big? Like racquetball, tennis ball, size of a ski ball ball size. Yeah, it's yeah, it's weird. So like a plump orange, just for those listening at home. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's like three and a quarter inches, you know, diameter. Yeah, so we we went over there and win, won that whole thing, and like it was. There's definitely more competitiveness happening over there between us because we all suck over there. Well, that's not totally true, but we are not playing to our averages in brewski ball. What do what do you think the difference is? Uh, I had trouble transitioning back to classic lanes. Mm. They're just much lower on my shin, and the balls are not plastic, right. like a full circle. Like right. So they're way heavy, so I'm like launching them to the fucking back of the lane. Well, and what's funny, too, about the, the older balls, and Rachel has this kind of style lane, and so mm-hmm. there's those ones that are like super textured. We call that one moon ball. And I, I mean, we Oh, made, I think I have moon balls then. Well, not not balls. <laughs> It's just, always no, just, just one. Just they're, the one they're, always, all... oh. they're always it's singular. Like super cratered. Even though it, there may be more than one moon ball, but sometimes you're like, oh, I got heavy ball or oh, I got moon ball. Like there's that one where you nice. have your rhythm going and then all of a sudden there's heavy ball. And then, you know, of course there's or the- small ball. Small ball. There's the people that take three at the lanes. There's the people that take two. Weird. There, mm-hmm. There's people, normal people like me that just take a ball at a time because, yeah, you know- same. Right? Yeah, I only take one. Okay. Yeah, just... we all three only, we scoop one up at a time. How is holding more of something that isn't necessary at this moment in time going to benefit my role? But whatever, to each their own, Floater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have like a brother-sister relationship, so I can call him out on this and he will you appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we rolled together for uh, the Nationals and mm-hmm. that one year. Not last year, but the year before. Yeah. So like two years ago, according to my math, someone, the guy in the van should probably fact check that. Yeah, we need to get stat checks. um, But I think that there there is something interesting about how those then rotate around. Like it used to be moon ball was the eighth ball and now heavy ball comes too early. And then, (laughs) and and my whole rhythm's thrown off, you know? Um, I think it's just interesting about those older lanes. And I think that is part of like the nostalgia and the charm of like not having everything perfect, you know, and having kind of a crappy lane to roll on where if you think you're going to hit the the line where you need to be to hit the hundo, but that's that one dead spot in the ramp that just kind of like, is a is a dead zone and sucks all the energy out of where and then like it just kind of comes up super short yeah. yeah like and some of the lanes have it though like a dead spot that just sucks all the energy and the mm-hmm. momentum out of the ball it's like an isaac newton experiment sir isaac newton he was knighted i believe yeah, that's true but you know what i mean though yeah. like there, there's just something about it and i don't know enough about like science or like things to be able to talk about it intelligently but a that doesn't stop me from trying and b <laughs> i understand it in relationship to ski ball though yeah i think that's we're getting to the point where we're getting comfortable in the lanes now over there so we are playing a little bit better 
Well, we also and stopped fooling around. That's true. We are, we stopped thinking that we were going to beat these people no matter what, ah. and and like actually focused again. I think. I believe the Greeks would call that hubris. Yeah, yeah. Like um, we we've rolled seven hundred point games over there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was bad. And then yeah. we rolled a ten seventy. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It's just like the far extremes. Yeah, right. and I, most recently the we skipped last week, but the week before. They do these little challenges, and there was a challenge that was roll a 322, or roll, like, and they always have the, like, top score of the night and the top, uh, top team top of team, the night. team of the night as well. And we saw the top team of the night, and we saw the top roller of the night was a 321, I think, at the time. And we knew that the challenge for the night was a 322, like, roll a 322, exactly. As your average. As the average. Mm-hmm. Like, as and it's the like, total score. Because, like, they're not... The, the rollers there don't take it as seriously as we do at Brewski Ball. Right. They don't... I don't want to begin to explain it because it's just like, I don't I don't know what it is. They just go up there and throw balls. It's it's definitely social for them. Yeah, it's and just much more a social sport. It's fun. It's a good atmosphere, I think. When we first started, we weren't sure, like, because we were brand new. It was weird. Right. But that we're competitiveness also, came out. In that game, oh, yeah. because it was like, well, I I definitely can beat a three twenty one, so I'm going to do that. And Joey was thinking the same thing, and Darby was thinking the same thing. But we were all like, well, what if? Let's just get the top score for the night because we could do that. And we got to frame seven or eight, and we realized we could all hit three twenty two. Nice. And, and it was like roll three twenty two, and you get like a free tall boy or something. Ah. Right. You know, it's like pretty low reward. <laughs> right. But it was still it was still a reward and it was still free. Yeah. yeah, and we were like, what if all three of us did it? Like how badass would that look if all three and of us And then the bar would have to it? eat a whole sixty cents over the three of <laughs> yes. you. Yeah. And you're, that'll show them. Yeah, but more importantly, it's like, holy shit, all three of them and they and it was very obvious that we were changing our game a bit. Right. To like land on that perfectly. Well, right. and I I don't know if you guys have ever played that nine hundred points. It's like yeah. darts yeah. for nine hundred PTZ. Yeah. Sorry. It stands for points to zero. Whatever. It's like darts. This is like a boy thing that <laughs> they don't explain to girls where I come from. <laughs> but um, I, I think what's important about that, and, and the same thing, like a lot of times we'll practice 40-50 hundo. Like that'll be our practice rule. And I think that there's something, sometimes it's about the precision and sometimes it's about uh, the repetition of like always making sure you hit 40s because you're just going for points. And I think that practicing both is always a good idea because you get into these scenarios and you're like, oh shit, I scored too much. Like now I have to 20 out or gutter out. And that's almost as challenging as hitting a 40 every time is if, if I want to put it in the gutter, what do I have to do? Because I think probably more often than not, people throw, overthrow it and get a 10. Yeah. That's why I want to gutter out, man. <laughs> yeah. Every guest has to try and roll nine gutters in a frame. Do you lose your ball if you throw it up there and it just comes back to you. No, that's a regular 10th ball. Okay. I, I that's an easy way out if that's just an automatic gutter. Well, no, I, I mean, like, you just don't get another it, chance. It just doesn't, you don't get another chance with that ball. Like, you I automatically you have failed. I don't think, I, exactly. Okay. So, like, okay. I mean, you only get one shot at a 40 if you miss. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you, if you undershoot it, I feel like that's just... Oh, you're talking if it like rolls up yeah, it halfway. Yeah, rolls up and it comes back to you. Like, because you're like too light on it? Yeah. Okay. Right. It's easy to build up to the gutter yeah, we're than working. it is to take away from the gutter. So you, you're going to have to 
if you if you if it rolls back you lose that and that yeah. doesn't count and that, that makes sense yeah and then you should just run up there and put it in the hundo cup just to really <laughs> just to get yeah. punished yeah that's like, your you're punishment. getting punished by points exactly yeah. yeah we'll figure this shit out uh back to that story i i roll first over there and i knew that i needed like i had to hit a 20 to get it so like i did did that got my 322 Joey went up and needed a 35 to make his score. And he stopped on ball seven because the machine had like, well, the machine was fine. He stopped, walked away from the machine and came over to talk to us. And everybody's like, what the fuck's he doing? Like, he's doing great. Like, why would he stop right, right. now? Oh, the rest of the, the rest, the rest of, the of the bar, bar is yeah. just I, like, I what the fuck much, yeah. is going on? And the guy on the other team thought he was done, oh. went up, put his dollar in the machine, and reset the score. Fucker. And we're like, hey, we're, we're not done yet. He was like, oh, I, I, was, I thought, he's, what are we all doing? And I was like, we're just trying to figure out what we need. Just hold on a second. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. Team moment, give, bro. Give, give us a second. And so he needed, I think he still Did needed. Did you knock the shake weight out of his hand as he was? <laughs> he still needed, like. He, he shook his weight. He was he, just. He shook himself did he, away. Did he have two? <laughs> I think uh, you still needed like 60 points or something with two balls left. And so we had to make that happen. Yeah. 20, 40. Yeah. Probably 40, 20. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. 40, 20 would have been it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then everybody knew something was up at that point. Yeah. Because... So we did it and then Darby shit the fucking bag because he sucks. Duh. Why is he your anchor? No offense, Darby. We had to get someone that we knew would make us feel good about the way we were rolling. Ah. Uh, so it... what's your... I'm sorry. Finish your story and then I'll ask you about uh, your rolling uh, order. Noah, what's... in? Incredible is he's way better over there than he, he is. Really? <laughs> yeah. And he's yeah. the anchor too. He's yeah. the anchor because we knew that we were going to be playing stupid. Right. You know, and taking like a lot of risk and that we knew. you assholes over there that nobody would stand for at your home bar. That's yeah. That's basically Exactly. It's yeah. like we went over there and like, let's make all the fucking stupid decisions that we can't make at the <laughs> circle bar. Yeah. Judgment free zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he's been rolling like, you know. He's got a higher average than both of us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think he's the number, he might, he's the number one roller overall Shut right up. now. He might be, yeah. We're yeah. all in the top five, I think. Yeah. There are a couple of people that are definitely good enough to cross over and like right. get into kick some ass at Brewski Ball for sure. National. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's at least two, I think, that, that yeah. could do it. Will they, will they make it past my hazing though? That's the, the real question. Before last week, I would have said no, <laughs> but then I sat when I sat down and talked with uh, uh, right. with that team last week about the podcast. Actually, they're really chill, and I hadn't gotten that vibe off of them yet. It's taken some time to like warm up to everybody. Yeah, and there. we honestly don't even know people yet. Right, yeah. like we just haven't been there long enough. Like, so you weren't like mayoring it, like going over there, shaking hands. No, no. like we were, we were definitely like. Keeping to ourselves. Were you pretending like you had never played ski no, we ball absolutely before? Not. No, we Were told you them. like, you know what? Let's throw ten bucks <laughs> down on this lane right here, right now, because I've never played this game before, and it seems really easy. But you seem like you've played before, and I just love a bet. No, we no. definitely did not try to hustle people. No, we told them straight <laughs> up that we played before. It sounds like kingpin. In um, <laughs> week one or two. We were week two. We like played a game and won pretty handily, I think, that time. But we were like still trying to perfect our role. So we we were like recording. I think Joey was recording or Darby was recording Joey. And one of the guys 
on one of the teams that we knew was sort of a big deal. Was, was like, like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, what are you fucking doing? Yeah. He was like, you think you're special or something? I think he said that to Darby. Or both of you. Yeah, yeah, they were just like jawing. Like. Yeah. And I, I just walked away to the restroom and I wish I had been there for that moment because I like, I would have laid into that dude. Yeah. Not, not in a way that like. Not like in a, y- your mom is super passionate about the way mm-hmm. I play skee-ball. Yeah. yeah. And sh- I'm live streaming this to her <laughs> from the comfort of her, my bed that she's in oh, right gosh. now. Yeah. yeah. Or is that just me that takes it there? No, I would have, <laughs> I would have said something to make him feel stupid, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, it would have just been a short remark to make him feel dumb. Like a like a shank in the ribs, if yeah. you will. You're yeah. not going for like the face tear off that maybe I am. You just want like a quick jersey jersey shank. <laughs> <laughs> so, just a sidebar. Do you know what the difference between a shank and a shiv is? Um, I think it's the material, right? Yes. So a shiv is any object that is sharpened to a point. A shank generally comes from like a steel shank in your boot, mm-hmm. like the instep, and that's something that you've ripped from your boot and filed into a point whereas a shiv is like oh okay if i have enough patience i can make this tail end of a toothbrush into a shank Mm -hmm. or a shiv right what um (laughs) oh back to your question you're gonna ask a question i think about our rolling order yeah so um generally i prefer to go second but doozles hates to go first and you know, I, I'm okay with going first. So I usually go first in order of mm-hmm. Doozles goes second and Rachel's our anchor. So do you guys have a preference on your rolling order? Is there a position you don't feel comfortable with? Is there a position you roll up to? Like, I feel like in basketball, granted, it's a, a little bit of a different scoring system. But I feel like being the anchor, I roll better in that position because... I know I'm the last one for that frame. Like, I have to produce certain numbers, and hopefully more often than not, we do so. But, I mean, like, are, are you like, oh, I hate rolling first, or what's your thoughts on that? No, I don't think any of us have ever been in that position where we're like, nah, like, I don't want to roll that. Yeah. When we were rolling with James, uh, when we were Roltron, well, I guess a one step back, Willie has generally been the anchor most of all. On, the, on our teams. Like he has most often anchored the team. There have been times where we have specifically placed James in the anchor position on Roltron to like encourage him to roll better and like force him to force that extra anchor pressure on top of him yep. to like get him up to speed and to like push him further. But it's usually like over in the other league, Austin Ski Ball League, I roll in the middle. Darby is the anchor and Willie rolls first over there. And we have definitely changed it mid-season. Even right. week to week, even week to week, we'll, we'll like switch it up. Be like, let's, let's just try like switching it. Right. And see if like whoever was feeling the pressure as the, the middle roller, move them to the front so that maybe they feel less of that pressure and see how that works out. So you feel like, because I feel like middle roller is far less pressure than first or last. Sure. I think the pressure comes from if Joey's rolling first, and Joey rolls a 30, then the second person might feel pressure to do better than a 30. Right. And knowing that, like, the rest of the team, somebody might start thinking they have to make up points because that person didn't roll a 36 right out the, the gate. the dangerous game, right? right? Where you sit there and you're like, oh, I can chip away. And then you get two 50s and then you go for a third and now you're back down even further than you were before. Yeah. No, but I get that. I, I guess we should probably mention that we generally play a frame as a team. 
like we're shooting for a certain uh, score for the frame between the three of us. Same. So if the first person goes out and rolls low a 29, we're thinking about, okay, what's the difference, you know, from like, even if at the bare minimum of 100 frame, you know, that means the other two people have to do that many points between the two of them. And and we do pretty much the same thing. Um, and again, I think we probably don't worry too much about making up points until at least like the fifth frame. Sure. Yeah. Because again, that's how you get yourself in a hole. And then there's there's nothing worse than walking away from the lane and being like, if I if I had just hit a forty, right? Like mm-hmm. how or had I at least hit a 40 over two balls how much better would that instead of 20 right like that would have been so much better than than and and we're uh blowing our wad too early yeah so to speak yeah there are two things there i was thinking about it and i don't know that i've ever really rolled second i think there have to be times that i did whenever probably ski i joe's maybe but because there were definitely times where Joe was the anchor. This sounds like a request sure. to me, a thinly veiled request that he wants to roll second and you just haven't let him. I like the, no, I like the anchor position and I like rolling first. He's back, Prattle. <laughs> I just don't know if, how, how often I've rolled second. It feels like I, I don't do that very often. Yeah. I um, feel like you did, a, like when Joe was, before we, like you started rolling hybrid, I was rolling first and you were rolling second. Maybe when we first started then. And Joe was like just balling down the middle. Yeah, I bet it was. Like more. Father Time does. Yeah, yeah, like he peaked like eons ago. Like he'll never be as good as he was. When he was making his own ski balls out of rocks mm-hmm. and yeah. patience. Chiseling them away. Like moon balls, like legit moon balls, yeah. asteroids and shit. Right. Or, you know, meteorites. There was another thing you said and I don't, I don't remember. I didn't write meteorites? it down. Meteorites? No. Oh, moon Stala- balls. Stalagmites. <laughs> I never okay. remember which is which. Yeah. There was one way I tried to tell myself, like, alphabetically, this comes first and this comes second, and that's what's up and down. But obviously it didn't yeah. stick, because I don't remember which one is which. Yeah. Do you know which one? No, right? no. Stalactites do, in fact, hang from the ceiling. T for tight. Yeah. Top. Yeah, T for top. Top. Mm-hmm. Do you have that fucking computer box rigged to just say whatever you said is correct are you just in there editing wikipedia right now just did we talk about that at some point having a machine that like reassures you of all the random bullshit you say (laughs) we talked about an app barbara and i did and i think that would be amazing and i think we talked about it I don't remember who. Where, where we it just it whatever up. you're typing, yeah. where you're like, do stalactites come from the bottom? And the app will be like, well, why, yes, super genius. You're absolutely <laughs> right. They yeah. do come from the bottom. Show your friends. We nice. talked about it just listening to your conversation. So, like anything you've referenced in the last like five minutes. Oh, see, I don't want that shit. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> it's not a great idea, except for the fact that like you could just be like, pull your phone out, look it up, and be like, yeah, see, look, it says. I guess editing Wikipedia is harder <laughs> yeah. than just having the app record yeah. you, Alexa, yeah. and um, you know, show you ads for the toilet paper that you said you were running low on. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's yeah. a there's a meme I have and it's a, a picture where that says like uh people in the nineteen sixties and someone's like whispering on the phone and they're like, I better not say that or the government will wiretap my house. Oh, and man. it's like people in the two thousand tens, hey wiretap, do you have a recipe for pancakes? It's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. This is the era that we live in. 
Our guest over the last two episodes has been Ella Nilsson Lassiter, an artist living in Austin, Texas, who's also one hell of a skee-ball roller. You can follow her current portrait series on Instagram with the handle at handybitches and buy her artwork online at shop.handybitches.com. There you're going to find 5-inch by 7-inch grayscale paintings of familiar faces like David Bowie, Frank Sinatra, Stevie Wonder, and many more. I actually have an original painting by her that we mentioned in this interview. It's a portrait of Bruce Lee from Enter the Dragon, and it's definitely one of my favorite pieces of artwork. We'd like to thank Ella for being such a great guest, and we also want to thank everyone who's listening right now. You can listen and subscribe wherever you find your favorite podcast, and we hope you'll continue to tell others about the show. Roll up a chair and tune in next time as we continue to explore the world of competitive skee-ball. Thanks so much for listening. Well, because I'll tell you, the other morning at like 7.45, I got a voicemail from my rheumatologist nurse that was like, Hey, Ella, it's from Dr. Blaudy Blah's office. Just give me a call back when you have a chance about your lab results. And I'm like, bitch, you called me at 7.45 a.m. You never call me about my labs. You send me a piece of paper in the mail that says all your labs were normal or Mm -hmm. stable. And then now you send me this. You're leaving me a voicemail. And then I call you immediately back and you don't answer. Oh. Like, that's shade. That's like the worst kind of shade. Because my health is contingent upon it. Jeez. But, I mean, she's, she's a real nice lady.